Hello everybody, this is Nima with economicsjunkie.com and I thought I will talk about the coronavirus impact on Europe's economy a little more today. Last time I talked about the US economy and by and large the world economy, I guess you could say. But there are some things to be pointed out about the European economy that are quite interesting and uh, maybe we can try and make some predictions on what's going to happen and what's going to change structurally in Europe as a result of this manufactured crisis. Um, in Europe, so in the US I was saying we're going to have a huge collapse in demand, uh, a huge collapse in corporate profits. We already know that there are 47,000 stores closed, shuttered across the country, stop paying rent. That means the companies that are renting to them aren't making money. Uh, obviously, people aren't able to go to bars, restaurants. People aren't go- able to work at those places either. So there's lots and lots of incomes lost. And, uh, you know, the little income that remains, people will be completely pessimistic about the coming months and years. So they will scramble for cash. And so we'll have a big demand collapse. And, um a big collapse in overall production of goods and services, basically. So to make up for that, the U.S. government uh, needs to run a deficit, uh, a pretty large deficit. It's We've already had, under Trump, we've had pretty large-sized deficits, but I think what's, what's uh, ahead will put those to shame. Um, in Europe, and uh, sorry, just to add to that, the U.S. did pass a two trillion stimulus stimulus bill recently, which is certainly going to somewhat soften this blow already. I suspect they will do a couple more of those, uh, but the U.S. has complete uh, monetary and financial sovereignty in these matters, and uh, they can run a deficit when they want. They can run a large deficit. There's no magical. Authority. There's no magical rule that forces them not to. You know, it's just that when the media, when the 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 the, the um, elites want the U.S. to go into austerity, they will start creating talking points in the media about balanced budgets and we need to get back to balance and we need to be responsible. We can't uh, uh, burden our future generations with uh, all this stuff. You know, suddenly we all care about our future generation and the debt and blah blah blah. And then that will force the government to do austerity. You know, so that's I, I think that's kind of how it works. Uh, so currently, there's no concerns in that regard. There's no not no big resistance in the U.S. political system against larger deficits. In Europe, there's an institutional uh, blockage to deficit spending because. The member countries are, on, are, are only allowed to run limited deficits, I, I believe it's up to 3%. Uh, I haven't checked back in how, if Europe has changed these rules recently or whatever. I'm not aware that they have. Uh, if they have, then maybe they've loosened them a little bit here and there. But in principle, the European Union requires the individual member states to... Um, to limit its deficits to no more than 3% of the GDP of the country. And so with that, the individual countries don't have 
monetary sovereignty uh, like the U.S. does. Uh, so they, they will certainly start, will, people, people will start noticing that this limit is not practical and there will be some challenges over the next couple of months, I think, in Europe. So countries will ask for exemptions and probably the European Commission will say, okay, all right, you know, I, I guess we have this, I guess we just forced the entire economy to shut down, so maybe we can uh, help them out a little bit this time. Uh, sorry, our boo-boo. We didn't mean we didn't want this to happen. Blah blah. blah. Um, so they will maybe allow a little bigger deficits than before. They'll probably have to. If they don't, there's going to be huge unemployment in, in uh, Europe, and there's already big unemployment parts of Europe. But there's going to be big unemployment in the deficit in the countries that have a current account deficit, certainly Greece, Spain, uh, Portugal, I believe also. I don't think Italy is a part of that. But there's certainly, there's going to be lots of countries that will struggle. And that will also, and of course also the other countries won't do great either, won't do good either. They'll struggle too. Germany will probably struggle a little bit. Germany will overall probably be fine because they have a chronic current account surplus so they don't need big deficits to uh, ensure maximum employment so uh, they, they they have a current account surplus which uh, provides enough uh, net private savings in the economy uh, to avoid deficits that, like the, the deficit that the US needs to run and also the kind of deficit that some of the, the um, net importer countries in Europe need to be running. So these countries, you know, the countries that are always beaten up on like Greece and Spain, all these, all these um, irresponsible, reckless countries who borrow too much and spend too much, except they have to run bigger deficits already to make, big, to make up for the import um, deficit. Uh, so they need to to run pretty large deficits in order to not be uh, at a standstill and the, otherwise because germany is, is um running a chronic export surplus you know so and germany is doing austerity generally uh, as far as f f uh, fiscally germany is under permanent austerity but it doesn't matter in germany because it's so much exports that uh, money comes or the net Profits and net savings come in that way for the uh, private sector in Germany. But so, because of these challenges, um, I think Europe, and that's why I was saying the other day, I think Europe will be pretty hard hit by this uh, either way. And uh, the, the, the youth unemployment, etc., uh, is going to be pretty hard hit by this. The U.S. is going to be manufacturing more at home, probably. So there's less imported from Europe, and uh, that may also actually hit countries like Germany, uh, who are big exporters, a big exporter. Also to the U.S. would be my guess, and they probably export a lot to the U.S. So that's what's ahead, I think, for Europe. And um, I think the European stock market. I mean, the European. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a macro investor in Europe right now, honestly, because your, your hedges. Uh, are, you have such. Poor options. I mean, the the uh, long-term 
government bond that you would have to buy in Europe would be the German 30-year bond, I think. So, Jesus, oh my God. So the German 30-year bond rate is minus 0.027%. Um, so there's basically no interest-yielding bonds in Europe that you uh, if you're a permanent portfolio investor in europe let's say you, you would have to buy the german 30-year bond i don't know if germany has a longer bond uh, i don't think so I don't, they, they should do that they should issue longer bonds so that uh, investors can can buy those but yeah so that is incredible uh, these, are, these numbers are incredible so um and the thing is it i would still buy that thing if i was a permanent portfolio investor in europe i would still be buying the german 30-year bond it's Minus 0.027%. I'm not buying it for the interest rate. I'm buying it uh, as a hedge. Because if things get worse, if the economy starts tanking more and more, then this rate will go down even more into the negative. It will go down to 0.03 and 4 and 5. So um, that's why, but, but it's still a bitter pill to swallow, I have to say. Still a pretty bitter pill to swallow. Um... And for the, you know, if if the stocks do well, then the bond rates will probably start going up and normalizing again and stuff. So um, that's probably part of the reason why gold is doing so well right now, because the, the amount of available financial securities, like very safe financial securities, that yield an interest is dwindling. The European, I mean, in, in Europe, they're in Germany at least, they're pretty much gone. And that means in, in, for all of Europe, basically, for any any investor who wants to hedge in Europe, um, they uh, they are out of options on, on long-term interest-bearing securities. So it's pr- probably part of why gold's doing so well. And now in the U.S., the rate is coming down. Uh, the long-term bond rate is coming down. Also, it has been coming down for a long time, but right now it's really hitting new record lows. That's also pr- going to be helping gold. Because remember, gold does well during uh, times of re- low real interest rates. So the real interest rate is the annual interest, or sorry, um, the, uh, the interest rate on treasuries, uh, and whatever your, your horizon is. Let's just say the 30 years, uh, and um, minus... The expected inflation. So gold—that is—that is the real interest rate. And gold does well when the real interest rate is very low. So in other words, if inflation is high, that's good for gold. But also, if rates are low, that's good for gold. The two together are important because you can have situations where rates are high, um, but inflation is also very high, and then gold will will still do well. But you you can have times where where uh, inflation very low but rates are even lower and then gold also does okay as we can see right now we don't have high inflation but gold is doing pretty well um, which is why i've uh, always said gold will do you will probably do fine in, in depression and uh, de- any deflationary scenarios it will do good um, it also does good in inflation and strong inflation scenarios is the funny thing um, but like I said, only if the, the rates don't go up too high. So uh, real low interest, uh, sorry, low, <laughs> sorry. Um, low real int- interest rates are good for gold. So Europe is helping in that. 
sense in that regard and uh, US maybe soon too I'm curious to see what happens if there's no more sovereign uh, bonds out there that have a positive or if, let's say the US 30 year goes negative that would be huge I mean that should be very helpful to that should be very good for the gold price in my opinion so that's the challenge so anyway back to Europe um, these are kind of the challenges ahead in Europe and the only two options that I see for Europe to avoid a, a, a depression or maybe there's, okay there's three options get back to normal immediately as soon as you can open the shops back up even if you do that it's already going to be bad enough it's already going to be a recession anyway because people are just freaked out and shell-shocked basically I mean, they, will, they will already be spending less uh, second option Allow the individual countries to run huge deficits, the ones with high unemployment. Um, in my opinion, I, I always suggest like just do big tax cuts because then you don't need to do any. You don't need to write up any spending programs of any kind. You don't need to piss off everyone with boondoggles and handouts, and giveaways. Just cut the tax if need be. Get rid of it all. This is all very theoretical, but. The, uh, this would be the ideal scenario. And all, uh, on, on the other hand, they can also do spending programs, infrastructure, etc. Um, so that's one thing that that is probably going to happen. I lift all the restrictions, just go wild on deficit spending. And um, the third option is probably the long-term plan of the new world new world order in my uh, opinion which is to create a european treasury and that would require european bonds uh, and that is something that somewhere i saw i think i, I, I didn't read the article i just saw a headline where uh, most recently uh, european stimulus talks uh where we're uh, um, challenging because uh, Germany and Netherlands were against euro bonds or something like that. So there's still some resistance politically from within those countries against euro bonds. Um, maybe they will use this crisis to just do it anyway uh, or convince the people by, by um, frightening them. But at one point, there will probably be a European treasury and then that'll be basically a European... The euro already exists, so they already have their currency. There'll be a European Union-appointed treasury that can just start spending the already uh, euros that everyone knows in the country already. You can just start spe spending those into existence, run deficits, issue euro bonds, etc. Then Europe would be one step closer towards becoming a country of its own kind of thing. Uh, I think that is very unpopular politically within Europe. The European Parliament has been, if I understand correctly, has been taken over to a large part in the last European election by the nationalists of the different European countries. So uh, that'll be a tough one to push through. But just speaking from purely technocratic, technolo technocratic standpoint, I guess, um, the, the way the system works, and uh, uh, the way the financial and banking system works, 
that's what would have to happen. Either give the individual countries or spending authority, uh, don't do the deficits, uh, limits, uh, or uh, same same thing, but even better, just go back to individual European nation national currencies. Um, either that or European Treasury, right. um, or go back to work immediately. Yesterday, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So let's just forget about that one. So there's two options technically: European Treasury or uh, fiscal sovereignty back to the nation states. And uh, I'm actually curious to see what Europe will end up doing. And uh, I will do a follow-up, obviously, to see, you know, keep watching this. And uh, we will see what happens. But thank you very much for listening. This has been Nima Majur with Economics Junkie.